1: Money Talks on MPV Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Bruce McClary, Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Today we'll talk about what to do when you feel overwhelmed with debt, there are things you can do yourself, and when you might need to speak with a credit counselor. You can give us a call this morning. We're looking for your personal finance questions and credit-related questions. The number is one 877 ring. It's 1-877-672-7464, or if you're not near a phone, you can email the show, money at MPB. Online.org. Morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, what's financial news in the news? Uh, so, actually, what I was thinking of today
2: was uh, kind of financial, and I think this will lead well into the into the debt conversation. It's, it's sports betting. Uh, because this weekend, I went to a horse race. Uh, there are tons of horse tracks all over Mississippi, and um, there was one in uh, Northwest Jackson that I went to uh, it's just a lot of fun I, I don't know a lot about many sports but i can just watch horses run and i think that's that's beautiful and fun um and and we are set to have sports betting legalized in the state and and gambling is a decent source of revenue for the state about 250 million dollars i think it's almost a three billion dollar industry in the state and so sports betting is no doubt going to to expand that all the casinos are getting ready for it um um, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the regulations work where all you'll be able to bet but no doubt it's going to bring a lot more people into um, into legal gaming and some of it's going to cannibalize existing casino revenue uh, but it, it's going add probably add a significant amount of revenue uh, and the state will of course get a cut of that um, so that going you know going to a horse track you know people go to these go to sports events all the time everyone in Mississippi goes to sports events and you um, just to be able to throw a little money in it, just to make it a little more fun, you know, you pay a couple dollars to go into the event. Why not pay a couple dollars to, to bet on a team as well? And uh, just it just makes it a little more fun. Um, but all that being said, you know, gambling debt is a, is a serious problem for a lot of folks, and so you know, we'll probably lead into some of that with this um,
1: credit counseling uh, conversation we have coming up. Yeah, I uh, Birmingham used to have a horse racing, uh, the Turf Club, I believe it was called, and when out there a number of times, and that's one of those things where when you see it on TV, you don't really appreciate the speed and the power of those horses. Oh, absolutely, it really is exciting to do that in person. Uh, and uh, also, again, I was the, you know I would always it seems like I would always bet a long shot just because if it ever came in, you know, you were going home R- right, right, rich person,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 that's you know important to remember. You know, a lot of people, you know, they, they're very against gambling because you know people do get into trouble that way. They just keep gambling. They spend tons of money but if you're careful about it and you just view it as this is part of my entertainment budget um, you know I paid $10 to get into this race I'll pay another $10 to bet on it and my night cost me $20 bucks. Um, or you know buying a lottery ticket that's just a fun thing to talk about I paid 2 bucks, and me and my friends had a good time talking about it for a couple hours and then we went home um, as long as kind of that's how you view it that's how you treat it that's good um, I'm again I'm sure later we'll get into what to do if you start realizing you have a gambling problem or if you realize you have a friend who has a gambling problem because you always see that uh, whenever you get near casinos, they have billboards, radio ads, all
1: about that. Also, props to Nancy. Uh, Last week on the show, she talked about the yield curve, and it was all over the national news for the rest of the day. So, Oh, uh, trendsetter. I I know. She she really, uh, you know, it's funny because every time we have a list of, you know, the 10 things or whatever, Nancy always is on there, and I'm, I said, you know, when, when you retire, <laughs> you've got a second career as, as a Internet the list maker because there we go. she's good at that. So uh, we are going to be talking today with Bruce McClary. He is vice president for communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Bruce, thanks for joining us on our show this morning. Thanks for having me on the program, Kevin. Uh, if you would, tell us a little bit about the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Well, the NFCC was founded
3: in 1951. It's the nation's largest and longest serving nonprofit financial counseling organization, so it's got a lot of history. And its member agencies serve people in all 50 states, D.C., and Puerto Rico. And the primary service that the NFCC is known for is uh, budget and credit counseling, but there's so much more that member agencies do. Uh, NFCC member agencies provide financial reviews and educations to over a million people a year. Uh, in person, over the phone, or online. So, every NFCC member agency client, everybody coming in for services from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling uh, member agencies, they receive comprehensive money management services based on their individual needs. And it could be a wide range of needs that they have when they come in the door. Um, the services provided by NFCC member agencies are offered free in a way that's free and affordable uh, in terms of the counseling services. And in addition, I also want to point out one thing that a lot of people don't know is about a third of National Foundation for Credit Counseling members are multi-service agencies, nonprofit agencies that specialize in community-based social service programs, such as youth mentoring, foster care, and substance abuse programs, uh, even even counseling on gambling addiction. Addiction, as you uh, go <laughs> what you talked about <laughs> earlier. Uh, so there's definitely a tie-in. But if anybody needs to reach out to an NFCC member agency of course they can connect online visiting nfcc.org, or calling us toll free at uh, 800-388-2227
1: and so obviously this is the services for someone who finds themselves in, in, a, in a debt situation uh, but also from what i'm hearing with you is uh, preventative if, if, if people just want better uh, understanding of how to manage their personal finances there are services and uh, programs and educational programs that you can offer as well
3: Yes, uh, in fact, first and foremost, I would point out that a lot of our member agencies offer uh, homebuyer education courses. So if you're if you're looking to buy a home for the first time, and if you're in decent financial shape and you think you're ready, uh, you can always benefit from a home buyer education course that helps you uh, make the right choice for home ownership. So there are services like that. There's just basic budget counseling, helping you fine tune your budget and get the most out of your spending plan. Uh, we have uh, credit report counseling for people who just want to learn a little bit more about their credit report and their credit score and how it works, and maybe get the most out of that. Uh, A lot of financial education programs that go well beyond just damage control. A lot of people think of of credit counseling and nonprofit credit counseling as something that you you reach out for when you're in a crisis situation, when you haven't paid your credit cards, when you're falling behind on your mortgage. Uh, But it's much more than that.
1: We're visiting today with uh, Bruce McClary, Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. If you have a credit-related question or a personal finance question that we might help with, the phone lines are open and our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So Bruce, tell us, uh, what are the benefits of having a positive credit record, positive credit score? Well, I think the first thing
3: uh, on the top of my mind is that if you have a top credit score, you're going to have the best chance of being approved for a loan, and you're likely going to qualify for the most affordable terms. So, getting approved and getting the best, lowest interest rates and fees, that's going to cost you less to repay over time. Uh, So, that can make a big difference when you're talking about repayment of a a home loan uh, or auto financing. And there are so many other benefits as well. It's not just a matter of, of being able to get Approved for a loan uh, to get the lowest terms, which save you the most money over time. There's also a, a, a certain peace of mind there. It, it helps you uh, have a have a peace of mind about how you're uh, how you're managing your finances, how you're managing your debt. You're keeping your debt under control. Uh, a lot of your credit score is determined by how how timely your payments are, but there's a portion of it that's that's based on your credit utilization. Ratio, so a good a top credit score, a good credit record, uh, means that you're also keeping your debt under control and keeping that the balances manageable. So that's that's a great thing to keep in mind uh, in terms of the benefits there. But saving money is is number one on the list, and I think when you get the lowest interest rates uh, and you know that you're going to be qualified uh, for a loan when you need it, uh, that's that certainly has value. And I would also mention too. At a, at a time when the average credit card interest rates, now this is the average, are topping 17% right now and are expected to go up if the Fed continues to raise interest rates throughout the year, which is expected, uh, it could have an impact on the interest rates that, uh, that are offered on credit card products. Uh, it just becomes more and more expensive to carry debt. Uh, so it's it's important to manage the debt that you have responsibly to keep a healthy credit Record and when you do have a healthy credit score, then you're going to qualify. You're likely to qualify for a rate that is below that 17% average, uh, so you can save more money.
2: Um, so, so Bruce, you mentioned the credit counseling services are often offered for free, which is fantastic uh, because you know if, if you're if you're in a budget pinch, you might not want to pay for for a lot of things. Um, but how do these organizations or these individuals? Providing these services get paid. Do they are they referring you out to other services or are some of the services paid, some of them free? How, how does all that work?
3: Well, I, that's a great question. A lot of people ask that, and I would mention that uh, that that many of the many of the financial education resources that are available through NFCC member agencies are in fact free. Uh, oftentimes, you will have to pay a small fee for the the counseling service, or if you enter into a debt management program, which is where uh, the credit counseling agency helps you uh, work out reduced payment and reduced interest on your on your unsecured debts to to work out an affordable repayment plan. But those even in situations where there is a fee, those fees are offset by uh, by financial support that the NFCC member agencies receive from a whole range of sources. Most common uh, among the supporters are those who are in the financial service sector. Those are banks, lenders. Uh, They contribute to the operational uh, costs of the NFCC and NFCC member agencies which then helps offset the the cost that someone would pay if they were to have to pay a fee for any particular service at the NFCC, or in some cases, if they were to receive free services. So, so lenders contribute. We also have some, uh, some non-FIs that contribute, non-financial uh, uh, institutions that contribute uh, to the operations as well. Uh, we've received grant money from a variety of sources to fund those programs. And that also happens on the local level as well. Many of our member agencies receive local and regional grant funding to offset the cost of services like homebuyer education, housing counseling, budget and credit counseling. Uh, so, it's, it, that's where the funding comes from. So, that's why we're able to offer uh, services at low or no cost.
1: You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We need to take a quick break. We're going to be visiting throughout the hour today with Bruce McClary, Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. If you have a credit counseling situation or, I'm sorry, a question about credit counselors or a question about your credit situation or a personal finance question, the phone lines are open, so give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back with more of the show at... After this. To Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Throughout this hour, we're going to be visiting with Bruce McClary. He's Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. So we're talking about credit today and some of the services that credit counselors can offer you. Also, as always on a Tuesday morning, we look for any of your personal finance questions that you might have. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 672 seven four six four if you're not near phone but need to join the show you can email us it's money at org. we do have a caller on the line so we will welcome uh, janine from greenwood into the program good morning you're on the air
4: Yeah, go ahead. I'm desperately trying. I have a goal to get my credit score up to 800. So I watch it and monitor it closely, and I'm on Credit Karma. (laughs) Um, So when I got my income tax refund, I paid off all of my balances. Very good. And so Mm -hmm. um, I thought that would be great. So I was creeping up, and I just it has not improved. I don't have any credit card debt. I have quite a few accounts. I think only um, maybe six accounts. That are open. I have a credit history that's probably um, short, and I think that's what's counting against me. But I just don't understand why I can't get my credit score to go up. One thing I I noticed also was recently when I just monitored it, um, my points went down. I went down by two points because a Sears account came off because it had reached its term limit. Um, I think I, several years ago I got a refrigerator for the house or something, and so that came off, and my credit score went down by two. points. <laughs> Another thing I noticed while I thought about was that maybe I need to use a little credit and pay it off so that they show that I'm using my credit so I I added um, a revolving something like Netflix that I know I'm going to pay monthly to the credit card but it gets paid off to kind of help establish the fact that I am still using credit and paying it off in a timely manner but I still have a zero balance but my credit score is not jumping
2: Janine, like I want it to. Jane, can I ask a quick question? Uh, what is your current score And how did you come up with the 800 target?
4: Uh, well, because okay, my credit score is seven sixty six, um, and that's after we've jumped down two points. And I came up with the eight hundred target because I have a friend who has a credit score of eight hundred. I'm like, I can do that too. Um, and I think Experian on their scale, I know Trans Union and Experian have two different ones, but I think I thought the highest was eight fifty. So that's just mm-hmm. how I came up with eight hundred.
2: Well, oh, that okay. This is a very laudable goal, and. Uh, Bruce, what 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 can she do? Well,
3: it's uh, yeah. I really I love the goal that you have. I think it's great to aspire to uh, <clears throat> to a better credit score, and I, you know, eight hundred's a good target. Uh, but why not shoot for eight <laughs> yeah. fifty? Let's
2: do it. Yeah, you gotta you do. gotta beat her. Yeah,
3: right. but I would. Uh, so there are a couple of there are a lot of things in play here. So I would, uh, and and I without seeing the details on the credit report and seeing the specifics, I can just mention a few things in general that might be behind what you're seeing in terms of this uh, this minor dip instead of a bump. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, you mentioned an account came off of your report. If that yeah. account uh, if if that account fell off your report and it was one that had been there for a long time, yeah. part of your your, part of your credit score is actually based on the length of your credit history itself. History. So when you mm-hmm. have a legacy account that comes off, it's possible that that could take your, set your score back a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in that situation. Another thing, and if it's a minor dip in the credit score, if it's just a little uh Miniature dip. It could be the result of inquiries on your credit report. If you've, if anybody's been looking at your credit report to approve you for for an account, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes that places what's called a hard inquiry on your report. Well, too many of those mm-hmm. over one time can also mm-hmm. cause a minor uh, dip in your credit score. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I think you shouldn't be penalized for is paying off balances, and so that's definitely a positive financial behavior, and it's a positive financial behavior. That that can be reflected in your score as well. A lot of the newer scoring models are actually rewarding people a little bit more for positive behavior, like paying off uh, paying off balances quickly and, mm-hmm. uh, and and managing their debt in that way. Uh, but I think you're on the right track. I think just paying your making your payments on time accounts for 35 percent of your credit score. So timely payment history uh, is a big boost for your credit. I think the the second most important thing as you probably already know by looking uh, using that website which is a great tool uh, mm-hmm. is keeping your balances in check and the amounts that you owe so if you if you if you try to keep your balances low in relation to your overall credit limit that you're rewarded in those cases with a with a healthier credit score and then just limiting the amount of new credit that you're opening um, and making sure that you're not uh, that you're not intentionally shutting down lines of credit that might be uh, providing that depth of credit history that you have. Uh, well, that then was I think, a problem, uh, I,
4: I noticed. I canceled some accounts thinking that that would help me uh, probably about a mm, year ago, and mm. I realized that that did. Can you give me some tips on, because I keep my balances at, at zero. I pay, once they show up on my account, I pay them off. Um, so that I've got under control. What can I do to get it to move up? I, I hear what you're saying about making sure that it doesn't dip down. uh I'll make sure I stay on top of that. What are some things that I can do to help it boost up?
2: You know, if you're doing, uh, I was going to say, if you're doing everything else right, part of it might just be that those time limits, you know, that Hmm. getting that average length. And all you can do for that is wait. You know, every every month you wait, they get a month older. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I think just uh, just
3: I think now time is the big factor. If you're doing all the other things right, uh, over time the credit score is going to come up, but it's not going to it's not going to happen quickly. That's the other thing too. I think one of the biggest frustrations I've had uh, personally is just that uh, changes don't take place fast enough in terms of a credit score. And if yeah. there is some kind of a dip, uh, you know, the dip may, the the drop may happen quickly, but the recovery is a very Slow process, even if you seem if you seem to be doing everything right. Uh, so I would just uh, also encourage that uh, that you monitor the situation, continue doing what you're doing, and just let time uh, do its work. And and I, I'm pretty confident that you'll arrive at your goal and maybe go past it.
2: So Janine, what I want you to do is call back in when you hit 800 and tell us how you how you got there. Yes. Um, but also also uh, Bruce. So last week I. We had a guy talking about mortgages and he said at about 750 you're really that's that's as, about as high as it gets for mortgages like you can go from 750 to 850 you're going to get the same rate. Are there any other sort of um, breakpoints or like goals, you know, if you have a very low credit score, you know, what's your next step up where you really want to hit that score or what's a what's a what's a breakpoint or a level that that people keep their eye on?
3: Yeah, I appreciate that uh, that question, and that helps me uh, uh, draw upon my experience as a lender as well. I used to work in lending and debt collection uh. years ago, and uh, I, I worked in the subprime lending side uh, for a little while. So, there are certain breakpoints here, and I guess it's it's a process of graduating to a higher credit score and then graduating to a, the next highest credit score that opens up new opportunities. So, I would say if you have a credit score, and I'm talking about the FICO range here, uh, which is 300 to 800. 50. If you have a FICO credit score of 300 to, let's say, 500, uh, that's about as rock bottom as you can get. And uh, you really are starting from scratch. So, there's not much that's going to be available to you in that range, except for the uh subprimiest of the subprime loans, which come with extremely high interest rates, uh, high fees. They're, just, they're not the safest financial products to be using, uh, but they may be all you have available available there. So any once you start getting let's say uh, closer to the 600 range then you're your you're, you're likely to move away from the subprime lenders and you can open up accounts with prime lenders now I'm talking specifically uh, about unsecured debt like credit cards small loans signature loans here uh, it's unlikely that anyone would approve you for a mortgage if you have a credit score of 300 I can assure you of that uh, but if you're but if you're right around the 600 mark you may be opening yourself up to the possibility of being approved for a mortgage but it's not going to give you the best it's not gonna to offer the best terms, and that's where you really have to watch out, because it adds a lot of cost to the repayment of the home loan, and you could be getting into a situation where your interest rates uh, uh, put the squeeze on your budget in a home that you thought might otherwise be affordable based on the uh, the listing price and the purchase, uh, so you have to be careful. So, the timing may not be right. You may think you've crossed a threshold at 300 and that you can get into affordable home ownership, but you may want to be a little bit more patient, try to get yourself into the the seven hundreds uh, to uh, to get to get into that sweet spot where you can qualify for the best mortgage rates and uh, make the make the mortgage payments fit better within your within your budget.
1: This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Bruce McClary. He's vice president for communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Craig's on the line from Biloxi. We'll get to that call in just one minute. But sort of wrap up uh, our current discussion on the uh, the credit score. I guess uh, Bruce, you, you shouldn't be. Maybe too concerned about minor one point, three or four points up and down, but it's the trend that you're looking for. And as you said, if you keep these good, positive kind of uh, budgeting and, and credit habits, that score will eventually creep up for you. Yes, don't don't uh, don't stress yourself out over the minutia.
3: Uh, if you you could you could actually go insane if you monitored your credit score every day and looked at the one point drop here or the one point bump there. Uh, just focus on the positive financial behaviors that drive good credit scores: making your payments on time, keeping your balances under control. And you know, if you really wanna uh, if you really want to get down to the minutia and you're you're aiming for eight fifty, uh, you. You know, go for it, but uh, that that can also add a lot of stress.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get one call before our break. As I mentioned, Craig's called in from Biloxi. Craig, thanks for holding. You're on the air, so go ahead, please.
3: Okay, yeah, uh, my credit score is probably 800 in the negative, but uh, <laughs> I, I was wondering if there's any statute of limitations on paying back what you owe people. You know, uh, I have a credit card in specific.
2: So so you're saying, like, you haven't paid a credit card and you want to know how many years will go by before they stop bothering you about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unless you file bankruptcy. You know, I'm not ready to do that. Sure. Uh, Bruce, any thoughts?
3: Well, there are limitations, and really, it's based on uh, the state where you live. And I'm not uh, uh, particularly uh, uh, informed on the details of the law there in in your state. But uh, it's worth looking into to see what the statute of limitations is on collectible debt in the state where you live. Uh, because that will tell you at the point at which the credit card company or the debt collection agency can no longer uh, pursue you uh, to legally collect the balance that you owe, and they'll write it off. But uh, it, it does vary. Um, there is a point at which uh, it's like, depending on the balance, and this is—I used to be a debt collector, so I'm going back to my debt collection days. Depending on the balance, the uh, the lender is probably going to make a decision as to whether it's worth the extra effort uh, to pursue that balance in court, and they can can take a judgment out against you in some states, depending on your circumstances and where you live, that could lead to a garnishment of your wages uh, and, and other types of actions. So you want to be very clear. And I would suggest that you uh, you may check with a legal services website or a legal services agency in your area to find out more specifics about how that can affect you where you live. But what you don't want to do, I think the danger is in playing hide and seek and thinking that if you just stay quiet they're going to stop uh, they're going to stop pursuing you uh, to collect the debt especially in a situation where they the 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 door is open for them to legally uh, collect it uh, either through court or other means uh, so you really want to be clear on where you stand in terms of your rights and what they can do in the next steps and if you want to get out ahead of it uh, it's certainly worth reaching out to a nonprofit credit counseling agency where they can talk to you about maybe some ways that you, can, uh, that you can pay down the debt that you owe and get it out of the way affordably uh, and maybe uh, forego any kind of further collection action
1: uh,
3: from the creditors that you, that you owe.
1: All right, and uh, Craig, uh, a website would be nfcc.org if you want to try about more information about uh, credit counseling uh, agencies available in your area. We need to take another quick break. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Bruce McClary. He's vice president for communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. So credit-related questions and personal finance questions are the order of the day. Give us a call if you have one, one mpb ring It's one 672 We'll be back with more after this.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here. Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, and co-author of the book, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Today, we're visiting with Bruce McClary. He's Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. If you have a personal finance question or specifically a credit-related question this morning, you can give us a call at one MPB ring. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can also email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.com. Got a phone call to get to, but again, Bruce wanted to follow up on one thing that Janine uh, t- talked about when she called in, and that's the idea of um, she had mentioned that uh, she's a Netflix subscriber. Uh, and if you know you've got the money to pay that off every month, possibly put it on a credit card so that you have some positive, I'm paying off my my uh, balance every month. Is, is that a good idea, provided you can keep it under control and know that you can pay that off every month? <laughs>
3: yeah it can be a positive in that situation, especially if you have a reward points credit card and you take those dollars and you uh, you spend them in a way that's going to earn you benefits later. as long as you can manage that situation and make your payments timely, I think it's a double win
1: all right yeah. uh, we've got Cat uh, on the line from Goshe. Good morning, cat. you're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> go ahead.
4: Um, my question is regarding um, choosing a credit card. Um, I just recently graduated um, college and I didn't get a credit card because I knew I couldn't afford it. And my credit score is not where I would like it to be, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to make a, um irresponsible decision by getting a credit card and being further in debt. So how do you suggest I choose the
5: best credit card?
3: Uh Kat there's uh there's a that's a, that's a great question. There are a number of things that you can do to get started with a credit card in a way that's that that's helpful to you, that helps build your credit and gets you off on the right uh, foot. I would uh if I would say, well first of all I should point out that uh you said you're just out of college. Uh, yes, uh within it's the last, it's interesting. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. It's interesting that... uh, Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations (laughs) on that. It's interesting that uh, the laws have changed over the past, I'd say... uh, I guess about, what was it, five years, six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, where, the, um, where the CARD Act put limitations on the ability of people under the age of 21 to open up a credit card. So people used to be able to get established with a credit card a lot earlier in life. So now a lot of people are coming out of college looking to get started very much in the same situation that you're in. And I imagine, too, that you also have uh, some student loan debt. Is that is that the case? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that can be a limiting factor as well, and it can it put put a lot of strain on your budget, uh, as as it does for so many people. So I would say my first recommendation is start small. There are starter credit cards that you can open uh, and some great resources online where you can compare different offers, uh, creditcards.com, bankrate.com, NerdWallet, those are all great sites, uh, great websites to Use as comparison tools to look at the different offers that are available for people in your situation who are just starting out applying for their first credit card. Uh, the rate, the interest rates that you get on your first credit card are not going to be the greatest, uh, so you have to yeah. brace yourself for fairly high interest rates. <laughs> but but focus
2: on you know focus on paying that off every month, and you'll never really have to meet that interest rate. Is, mm-hmm. is exactly. you know, and, and it does sound. I mean, I'm you know really excited to hear Cat she sounds you sound like you're you're good at budgeting, you're prudent about your spending so you know you, you have the right idea you know you don't want to get in debt with it um, so just just you know as long as you're careful with that credit card once you get it um, that's going to be very good and also you mentioned nerd wallet they do um, you can search by you know what your credit score is and kind of see what their recommendations are because you can't necessarily get the best uh, the most featured card uh, if you have a lower score Um, and you also want to focus probably going to want to focus on you know no annual fee um, for getting started but uh, you know there's some you know just maybe a basic cash back there's a couple of cards out there that offer you know just one or two percent cash back and that's that's great because you don't have to really like think about that benefit you just You just get 2% off on everything you buy, and at the end of the month, that that comes to you as as, uh, cash, and you can reduce your bill with that.
4: Okay, and I'm glad that you mentioned that about um, some of the lesser-known brands of Mm -hmm. cards, because I looked on Credit Karma, and they suggested some cards, but I'd never heard of the brand, so Mm -hmm. I was like, is this kind of like a setup? Is it a (laughs) (laughs) trap?
2: Just just look at the terms carefully and make sure they don't have any... importantly, make sure they're not going to have weird fees jumping out at you. And, And they're getting a lot better at disclosure there, so that should be getting easier for you to compare them.
3: And it's and it's always a good idea as well, Kat, to check out the reputation of the lender and do it independently from the site where you uh, where you receive the initial information initially. Uh, so go online and look elsewhere for customer reviews of those credit card companies, uh, just to see. And another thing, uh, if you really want to be extra extra careful, is to um, at least while it while it lasts, uh, go to the CFPB and look at the consumer complaint database and see if those lenders. Pop up that database. I believe is still publicly available, although there are plans to uh, to, to put it behind the curtain soon.
1: Mm. All right, uh, Kat. Thanks for your call. And uh, great. Uh, we we all th- seem think you are headed in the right direction and have a good mindset. So I think that you will be financially successful if you just stay on track uh, with that. Um, uh, Bruce, uh, when we talk about the credit report, I guess it, it is uh, possible that you're allowed to get at least one free credit report every year. How do you go about getting getting a credit report at no cost to you.
3: Yeah, it's uh, easy to do. You can uh, order your free credit report by visiting annualcreditreport.com or you can call toll-free. If you don't have uh, access to the internet, you can call toll-free 877-322-8228 or you can complete uh, an annual credit report request form and you can mail it to annual credit report request service. uh, That's P.O. Box 105281, Atlanta, Georgia 30348. But The I I think a lot of people just go to annualcreditreport.com and you can get your uh, free credit report from each of the three major credit reporting agencies, and you can get it once every 12 months from each of those three. So there's a way that you can be strategic about this, and you can pull one of the three now, and then wait three months, and then pull the other uh, remaining one then, and then wait another three months and pull the last remaining one and then start the cycle over three months later and that gives you more coverage throughout the year if you want to be checking your free credit report more often uh, but it's if you haven't looked at your credit report at all uh, and you're over the age of 18 you, <laughs> you, should look absolutely, at it. you should look at it absolutely and you should make it a, a part of your regular habit because it's not just about monitoring where you are with your Credit health, and it's not just about looking to see which accounts you have. You can also uh, it can also give you an opportunity to identify mistakes that could be negatively influencing your credit score. And so many people have mistakes on their credit report that need to be addressed. And in, in, in immediate action is the key uh, to successful resolution when it comes to resolving uh, errors on the credit report. So this gives you an opportunity when you're checking your. Credit report regularly to address those those errors, uh, dispute them, get them corrected, and then watch your credit score recover. And it also gives you an opportunity to detect situations of credit fraud or identity theft, where somebody else is is trying to use your identity or access to your credit card information uh, for their own benefit uh, without your permission, and that is a crime uh, that should be reported quickly, and you should also take action quickly with your uh, with the credit reporting agencies to correct that information and undo the damage that's already done. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is to look at your credit report regularly.
1: You know, the last time I ordered mine, it, it's kind of daunting because it is a very long document, but I found that uh, the credit reporting agencies have done a good job of putting instructions on there to help you really kind of wade through there and interpret all the information uh, that's on there. And as Bruce says, it's real important to monitor that uh, again, not just for your your financial health, but uh, to to guard against any potential uh, fraud that might be occurring. Let's get one more call in before our next break, and it goes to Steve in Biloxi. Thanks for holding, Steve. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you have for us?
5: Um, I had a bankruptcy, I think in uh, 2014, and I still have some uh, federal and state taxes, which I believe are actually in collection agencies now. And I was wondering if I pay those, does that report on, add to my credit score by being, uh making payments? Because I was also thinking of getting a secured credit card. And somebody said I could get a, go to the bank and get a CD
1: and get a secured loan on that. So I'm just trying to get something to boost my credit score. It's about five fifty dollars. Any thoughts, Bruce? Yeah, that.
3: Uh, that's a that's a that's a great question Steve and I it I would say that uh, what you're doing in terms of uh, uh, you know trying to resolve the issue with the taxes that you owe and the fact that they're with uh, with the collection agencies uh, as you make payments that information should be correctly reported to the uh, to the credit reporting agencies uh, and the change changes in, uh, in the balance, uh, would I would expect that they would reflect accurately, but it's important for you to look at your credit report and check to see if that information is being accurately reported. If it's not, uh, you, can, uh, you can take that up with the collection agencies that are collecting the debt, and you can also dispute the uh, information by providing your own records uh, through statements that they may be sending you. You can ask them to send you a balance statement and then you can forward that to the credit reporting agency so that it accurately reflects what you're doing in terms of paying down the balance. Once that balance is paid off, I think that's where you're really going to hit the jackpot uh, with your credit report, because then that shows other lenders, that shows lenders and creditors that you've put that issue behind you and that your financial situation has improved to the point where they may be comfortable lending money to you, uh, and you may not have to turn to a product, like a secured credit card, uh, to uh, to work around that. So I think you're, directionally, I think you're going the, going at it the right way, but it's up to you to make sure that they're reporting the information accurately to your credit credit file.
1: All right, Steve, we appreciate that call. Let's take one more break. When we get back, we've got Rilani on the line from Hattiesburg. We'll get to her call. and still time for your call as well. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Bruce McCleary, Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Back to wrap up the show after this. We'll on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been talking credit today with Bruce McClary. He's Vice President for Communications with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Raylani held through the break for us, so she's on the air now. Good morning, Raylani. Go ahead, please.
5: Good morning. I was wondering what creates the factors that makes subprime? especially, let's say, for a mortgage, and it beca- it's called a subprime mortgage. They get wrapped up and sold off or whatever, especially when people have credit scores or FICO credit scores greater than 800.
3: Well, um, I, Relani, that's a good question. I, uh, I I would define a subprime mortgage as a mortgage that has interest rates that are above uh, above the range that's typically offered, the average range. The interest rates on subprime mortgages uh, can be into the double digits. Uh, I have personal experience in the subprime mortgage lending field from years ago, and I can tell you I saw mortgages that had 21% interest rates uh so it's uh, that I think that's one of the most clear definitions of a subprime mortgage and commonly uh, I think the subprime lenders uh, they charge those rates for people who have credit scores where they would not otherwise qualify for better interest rates so I would say that if somebody if somebody has a great credit score uh, they should go they should look to borrow from a lender that is not classified as a subprime lender, they should go to a uh, a major mortgage lender, a bank. Uh, talk to the uh, talk to the lending associates about uh, uh, being approved for a mortgage that has a an interest rate that's uh, more respectful to their credit score uh, than something that might be offered by a subprime lender. But anybody with a with a healthy credit score uh, would not be well served. By borrowing from a from a subprime lender,
5: yeah, it depends on the 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 person who's lending the money, not the person who's receiving the money necessarily.
2: Right. If you know, if if a person with a good credit score goes to a subprime lender, you know, they'd probably still be happy to take advantage of them and give
5: them. Oh, I'm sure, but a (laughs) VA mortgage then would never be. Well, I'm not going to say would never be. It should never be because uh, your VA mortgages are, well, mine is down around three point something. But I was wondering when I asked why was it sold off they said well all subprime mortgages are sold off and that didn't make sense to me so
2: okay uh, uh. Oh, well so it doesn't your your mortgage is not a subprime uh, most mortgages yeah. are sold off That I mean that's just very common um, lenders, oh, will, lenders will sometimes they'll keep maybe the servicing part of it sometimes they'll sell the servicing you know there's kind of two parts of the mortgage they can either sell the mortgage itself or the servicing part or both oh. um, and, and just just Kind of for other listeners talking about subprime mortgages, um, because there are a number of factors that go into a mortgage specifically. Uh, your credit score is one of those, and if you have a good credit score, you're probably not going to get a subprime loan. But I'm thinking there possibly, you know, there are a lot of standards to meet with with prime mortgages, and you know, some of it's going to be your income level. You know, your income in relation to what that payment is. Uh, some of it's going to be the property value. You know, what it appraises for. And if if you don't meet all of the standards, then you, you you're not necessarily going to qualify for as good a mortgage as just your credit score would say alone. So there are more factors to that, but the credit score is a you know it's a major one. Well, thank
1: you very much. Absolutely. Have a good day. Thanks for the call, Renani. Uh, Bruce got a couple of minutes left. I wish if I could, uh, what I call executive privilege. A situation I had recently uh, when I went <laughs> shopping for a used car, and the car dealer made several what I can what were hard inquiries, you know, trying to find uh, me a credit. If if he said like three or four different lending institutions, but they're all kind of grouped together as one, does that almost count as like one hard uh, inquiry, or what's the situation in a, in, in that? Uh, the situation.
3: Yeah, in situations like that, it should only count as a single uh, inquiry on your credit report, or at least in terms of its impact on your score. Uh, that's a situation uh, commonly referred to in the car lending business as buckshotting, because they're basically taking your information out. And just like buckshot, they're going out to about five or six or seven or eight different lenders and getting them to uh, to run your credit to see if you qualify um and it's it's what was a, a big pain point for a lot of people uh years ago because the rules didn't simplify the process so that they would uh, similar types of inquiries wouldn't count the same over a condensed period of time and so you would see people years ago coming out of those processes with uh with a significant dip in their credit score but I wouldn't worry too much about one single car dealer uh, sending it out to uh, to a few different uh, finance companies companies um, under the circumstances.
1: All right.
2: I think that was a change recently. They group them within like a a week of each other or something like that.
1: Yeah. All right. And Bruce, uh, Uh, just as we go, if you could remind us of the website and the phone number for the NFCC.
3: Sure. Uh, people can reach out to the NFCC for financial counseling services by visiting nfcc.org online or calling toll-free
1: 800-388-2227. All right, Bruce, thanks very much. A lot of great information this morning. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by the generous financial support from you, our listeners. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Ryder Taff and our guest, Bruce McClary, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's in legal terms. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 9.00 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.